<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst Glenn Kirshner. In this long-form weekend podcast, Glenn gives us his legal recap of the week, starting off with Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg suing Congressman Jim Jordan for disrupting his investigation of defendant Trump in the hush money tax fraud case. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. Welcome to the weekend edition of our Justice Matters audio podcast. As you may know, each week we try to do a review a recap of sorts of some of the biggest legal developments of the week. And once again, this week didn't disappoint. Well, actually it did disappoint given the nature of some of the legal developments. Paging Clarence Thomas. Is it just me or does the federal judiciary feel like the Wild West these days? No rules, no ethical constraints. Let's just shoot them up, blowing big old holes in the Constitution and the rule of law generally. Okay, so after our legal recap, we'll turn to the problems we seem to be having here in these United States of America with the judiciary, specifically the federal judiciary, and perhaps most specifically the Supreme Court. We'll talk about how judges and justices are repeatedly abandoning their judicial obligations, their legal obligations, their moral obligations to the American people to apply the law fairly and impartially and apolitically. And we'll talk a little bit about whether there's any remedy available to meet the force of, for example, a federal judge who would substitute his opinion for that of the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, regarding the safety and efficacy of a drug, and whether there's any remedy available for a Supreme Court justice who seems to have abandoned even the pretense of abiding by the law, specifically public financial disclosure laws. Here's a spoiler alert. There are some remedies available. Those remedies involve having the other two co-equal branches of government step in and hold accountable members of the third co-equal branch of government, the judiciary, when members of the judiciary engage in lawlessness and corruption and jurisprudence based on politics, ideology, or religion instead of an allegiance to the rule of law. But we'll get to that topic in a minute, friends. Let's start with our legal recap. And specifically, let's start up in New York City because it was a busy week in the Big Apple. In an interesting twist that 
I'm not sure anybody saw coming. I know I didn't see it coming. The New York District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, you know the one who's prosecuting Donald Trump, defendant Trump, for committing 34 felony crimes in violation of the laws of New York. Yeah, that district attorney, Alvin Bragg, sued Jim Jordan. That's right, a state prosecutor filed a legal suit against a sitting member of Congress, who also happens to be the head of the House Judiciary Committee, to try to get that member of Congress to stop interfering in a prosecution of a criminal former president of the United States. Boy, that's a new one, but a necessary one, because it seems pretty obvious that Jim Jordan has corrupted and weaponized the functions of the legislative branch. He is interfering with, obstructing, and impeding the prosecution of Donald Trump in New York State Court in what is a naked abuse of office and power and position by Jim Jordan. He also happens to be violating the Constitution specifically the Tenth Amendment, because the federal government has zero authority to interfere in a state court prosecution. That's just not one of the powers enumerated to the federal government by the United States Constitution. And Jim Jordan also happens to be harassing Alvin Bragg, and by extension, harassing the good people of New York City, because he's actually packing up his circus tent and taking his clown show to the Big Apple to hold hearings into crime in New York City. Hearings designed to chill Alvin Bragg in the performance of his duties. So I'm glad Alvin Bragg brought this lawsuit. I don't know whether it will be successful or not, but in that suit, Bragg is seeking to have a judge enjoin, in other words, order Jim Jordan to stop violating the Constitution, to stop obstructing a New York State prosecution. Now, the federal judge who drew that assignment, who will be presiding over the case of Alvin Bragg versus Jim Jordan, is a Trump appointee, Judge Mary Kay Viscochiel. And we will be dealing with this issue when we talk about the performance of the federal judiciary and some of the problems that are being exposed. But even beyond this lawsuit that District Attorney Bragg filed to try to stop Jordan from abusing his authority and violating the Constitution, this old prosecutor finds really interesting the question of whether Alvin Bragg will see fit to do anything about Jim Jordan also violating the penal laws of the state of New York. Because you see, there is this New York law called obstructing governmental administration, which boiled down to its essence says that when a person prevents or attempts to prevent a public servant from performing an official duty, you know, like prosecuting someone who committed 34 felonies in New York. When a person 
like Jim Jordan, attempts to prevent that public servant from performing their duties by means of intimidation or interference, that person has committed a crime in violation of the laws of New York. And Alvin Bragg and his general counsel, Leslie Dubeck, have told Jim Jordan, they put it in writing. They said, you are interfering in our official duties by way of intimidation and harassment. So friends, in a very real and direct sense, District Attorney Bragg has said to Jim Jordan, you are violating, you have violated the New York criminal law obstructing governmental administration. Now call me a prosecution purist, but when the evidence proves someone violated a state law, I kind of think they ought to be held accountable for that. You know, if Jim Jordan robbed somebody in Times Square, he should be indicted, he should be held accountable for violating New York state law. And when Jim Jordan obstructs and interferes in governmental administration, he should be held accountable for that violation of New York state law. He shouldn't get a ruling class criminal pass just because he's a member of Congress. Friends, this ain't rocket science. This is just treating everybody equally in the eyes of the law. Coming up next, did Donald Trump commit perjury while he was being deposed by Attorney General Letitia James in the Trump Organization civil fraud case? This is Justice Matters. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Donald Trump answered questions during his deposition to AG Letitia James during the New York civil fraud case. Prior to this, he had pleaded the fifth. Could this be used against him during his trial? Here's Glenn. Let's turn to some other developments in the Big Apple. First, Donald Trump sat for yet another deposition in the civil fraud suit brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James against Trump and Don Jr. and Ivanka and Eric and the Trump Organization for massive, or what Attorney General James referred to as staggering financial fraud. It's a suit in which Attorney General James is seeking a quarter of a billion dollars and also seeking to run Donald Trump out of New York on a rail, prohibit him from doing business in New York in the future. And now you may recall 
that Trump sat for a deposition once before in this matter. And during that appearance, during that deposition, Donald Trump not only railed against and insulted Attorney General Tish James, but he pled the fifth 450 times. He invoked his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. And the really bad news for Donald Trump is that that can be used against him in his upcoming civil fraud trial. It can and it will be used against him. Can't be used in a criminal case, but it can absolutely be used in a civil fraud case. And Donald Trump will lose that civil fraud case in spectacular fashion, I strongly suspect. And it's a case that is scheduled to go to trial this coming October. In fact, the presiding judge, Judge Arthur Engeron, said, and I quote, the trial will begin on October 2nd, 2023, come hell or high water. Judge Engeron then added, uh, pardon my French. I for one didn't know hell or high water was a French phrase. <laughs> and Donald Trump has now once again sat for a deposition, his second in this case, and reportedly, this time Donald Trump actually testified, actually answered questions, didn't just insult Attorney General James and plead the fifth. And the fact that he apparently answered questions is also bad for Donald Trump, because we all know if his lips are moving, he's lying, and all those lies can be used against him. And here's the beauty of it. When you plead the fifth, when you invoke your Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, that can be used in a civil trial, but it absolutely can't be used in your criminal trial, which Donald Trump is also facing in New York. But if you testify, if your lips are moving, and you're saying anything other than insulting Attorney General James, if you're answering questions substantively, every word Donald Trump speaks can be used against him in his criminal trial. Every word he uttered in that deposition will be provided to District Attorney Alvin Bragg. And if there's anything in there that Alvin Bragg thinks is relevant and incriminating of Donald Trump, you bet it will see the light of day inside the courtroom when Donald Trump's criminal trial commences. Coming up next, more losing for defendant Trump as a judge once again denies his request to learn the identity of his own jury in an upcoming case. This is Justice Matters. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After Donald Trump's attacks on judges and juries in other cases, the judge in the E. Jean Carroll rape case says he will protect the people in his court. Here's Glenn. The other New York development I want to touch on briefly is in Donald Trump's defamation case in New York, brought against him by E. Jean Carroll, because Donald Trump reportedly lied about having sexually assaulted E. Jean Carroll, and she is suing him for those lies for that defamation. That trial is getting ready to kick off later this month. We're going to be living with the Trump trials for years, friends, and I'm here for all of it. All of the civil trials, all of the criminal trials. This is how Donald Trump will live out his remaining days. And that trial will begin later this month. And the judge in that case, Judge Lewis Kaplan, has ordered that the jury that will sit in judgment of Donald Trump at E. Jean Carroll's civil defamation case that she brought against him, that jury will be anonymous. Judge Kaplan first ordered that back in March. And Donald Trump just tried to get Judge Kaplan to change course, to change his mind, to revisit his ruling. Why? Because Donald Trump really wants to know the identities of the jurors who will sit in judgment against him. Why do you think that is, friends? And here's what Judge Kaplan said about Donald Trump's renewed request to learn the identity of the jurors. He said that, He needed to protect the jurors' safety and privacy in light of Trump's attacks on courts, judges, various law enforcement officials, and other public officials, and even individual jurors in other matters. And then Judge Kaplan said, the likelihood of such difficulties since the court initially made those findings has only increased due to Mr. Trump's public statements attacking the New York state judge presiding over his criminal trial, that would be Judge Juan Marchand, and the threats that have been coming in against Judge Marchand and against the district attorney, Alvin Bragg. So Judge Kaplan said, no, Defendant Trump, you will not get to know the identities of the jurors in the E. Jean Carroll case. So much losing by Donald Trump. So very much losing. You know, losing really is his forte. It's his strong suit. It's his jam. It's his thing. Donald Trump is king of the losers, particularly in courts of law. And you know what, friends, in my 30 years as a prosecutor, I only had two trials in which the jurors were anonymous, in which I didn't know their names, I didn't know their identities. And they were RICO trials. They were RICO trials against the most violent criminal organization probably in the history of Washington, D.C., an organization that had killed 30 people. They killed their enemies. They killed their competitors. They killed witnesses against them. They killed their own crew members who tried to leave the crew. They would kill them for fear that they would flip and provide information about the criminal organization to the authorities. So dangerous was this criminal organization that the judge ordered 
that the jurors would be anonymous. So the jurors were bussed to and from the courthouse each day from an undisclosed location by the U.S. Marshals. I mean, security was high, and we all took it deadly seriously. And when I look back on those experiences, I think, how surreal is it that Donald Trump has joined that ignoble group of defendants who are so dangerous and despicable that the jurors who will sit in judgment of them have to be protected and shielded from Donald Trump. Their identities have to be hidden due to the danger Donald Trump presents. How did we get here, friends? Okay, one more quick story just for fun. Donald Trump's corrupt former attorney general, his protector general, Bill Barr, said in substance, it looks like Donald Trump is going down in his documents crimes case. Boy, when your former protector general says you're in trouble, you're probably in trouble. Barr gave an interview to ABC News saying Donald Trump should be, quote, most concerned about the documents case in Mar-a-Lago. Barr said Donald Trump had no claim to those documents, especially the classified documents. He said those documents belong to the government. He said, I think Trump was jerking around the government. And Barr added that the government is investigating the extent to which games were played and there was obstruction in keeping documents from them. And he added, I think this is a serious potential case and they probably have some very good evidence. Very good evidence against Donald Trump. Coming up next, Glenn discusses judicial reform, specifically with the Supreme Court. This is Justice Matters. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. It seems Supreme Court justices are above the law and get away with breaking the rules. How can we hold them accountable? And will there be a probe into the secret luxury trips and gifts not reported by Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas? Here's Glenn. Okay, friends, let's turn to the need for reform. Because you see, 
we have a slight problem in the federal judiciary. Okay, that's not exactly breaking news and it's also an absurdly ridiculous understatement. Where to begin, right? So much terrain to cover when it comes to federal judges and Supreme Court justices going off the legal rails, making decisions based on politics or ideology or personal interest or pecuniary interest or loyalty to a criminal former president. Houston, we have one hell of a problem. Remember Judge Eileen Cannon, right, who was throwing all kinds of favors Donald Trump's way when he was trying to get the Department of Justice to stop investigating his classified documents crimes? Remember ultimately the appellate court had to smack down Judge Cannon, literally put in writing that she had interfered in an ongoing federal investigation. They said the judge had no right to interfere in an FBI, a DOJ investigation. Now we have a judge in Texas, a federal judge substituting his own opinion for the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, about the safety, the reliability, the efficacy of the abortion drug mifepristone. Judge Matthew Ketchmarkchik, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing the judge's last name, but that is not a decision based on an application of the law. That's a decision based on politics, ideology, and very likely religion. And once judges get to decide cases based on politics, ideology, or religion, we are sunk as a nation. Now, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, there's a judge in New York, Judge Mary K. Viscochiel, who will now preside over Alvin Bragg's lawsuit against Jim Jordan, trying to get Jim Jordan to stop obstructing a New York state prosecution, trying to get Jim Jordan to stop violating the Constitution, trying to get Jim Jordan to stop weaponizing and abusing his authority, his office, his position as a federal legislator. It remains to be seen how Judge Viscochiel will handle this litigation. But what do we know about Judge Viscochiel? Well, before being appointed as a federal judge by Donald Trump, she spent 33 years in general commercial litigation in New York City. Now, it would be nice to know if there were any interactions or entanglements between her general commercial litigation work in New York City and Donald Trump or any of his many business endeavors in New York City. And I have to say, and this may just be me, I find 33 years of general commercial litigation to be an interesting resume. You know, does that qualify somebody for an appointment as a federal judge with life tenure? You know, personally, I like to see somebody who is involved in government service, in public service, in military service, and you know, something that demonstrates a professional dedication to serving the people of any jurisdiction. Not that it's a requirement to be a federal judge, but so very many of the judges who get appointed to the federal bench have some background 
in public service, in federal service, in military service, all of which I think are important experiences for somebody who may one day want to wield the awesome power and responsibility of being a federal judge. I also tried to see what notable cases Judge Viscochiel had presided over, and the only one I could find, and admittedly my research probably wasn't exhaustive, I found a case where Judge Viscochiel dismissed a defamation suit brought against Tucker Carlson by none other than Karen McDougal. Yes, a familiar name. Karen McDougal, one of the women with whom Donald Trump had an affair, one of the women that was paid hush money to keep it quiet, hiding it from the American voters so they wouldn't have that information available in the run-up to the 2016 presidential election. And the judge dismissed that defamation case brought by Karen McDougal against Tucker Carlson because she said, nobody believes Tucker Carlson. It's just a bunch of exaggerations and hyperbole. So, you know, Karen McDougal wasn't really defamed. You know, he's allowed to say all those things that may have been lies, excuse me, exaggerations and hyperbole. You know, it didn't really hurt her reputation, her standing, her financial capacity to earn because, you know, who believes Tucker Carlson? Well, you know what, friends? I'm betting there are millions and millions of Fox viewers who believe Tucker Carlson's hyperbole and exaggerations that quite likely damaged Karen McDougal. But Judge Viscochiel decided to dismiss Karen McDougal's case against Tucker Carlson. Now, we don't know how Judge Viscochiel will preside over the lawsuit brought by Alvin Bragg against Jim Jordan in an effort to stop Jim Jordan from obstructing the prosecution of Donald Trump. We'll keep our eye on that one. And then there's the granddaddy of all unethical jurists, Clarence Thomas. You saw everything that broke this week, friends? Clarence Thomas accepting millions and millions of dollars of services, what I would call in-kind contributions, like private jet excursions, private yacht vacations, $5,000 bottles of wine, luxury hotel accommodations all over the world from a hard right Republican billionaire, Harlan Crow all of which was lavished upon Clarence Thomas and his wife, Ginny Thomas. And now, whew, the most recent revelation is that Harlan Crow bought Clarence Thomas's mother's home and other properties, dumped a bunch of money into improvements, and Clarence Thomas unlawfully, in violation of federal statutory financial reporting and disclosure requirements, hid that information, failed to report it. There is a crisis in confidence in the Supreme Court. And of course, this wasn't Clarence Thomas's first 
ethical lapse. Remember how he sat in judgment in a case that directly implicated his wife's interests? A case in which he, Clarence Thomas, had an actual conflict requiring him to recuse himself, remove himself, take himself out of the judicial mix, because you can't preside over a case in which your wife has an interest, and yet he refused to do it. And not only did he participate in the case, he was the only justice who voted in favor of a position that would have helped his wife. There is a crisis at the Supreme Court. And frankly, it's a crisis in the United States. And it's the gleeful lawlessness, the celebration of indecency by Clarence Thomas and others in the judiciary that have put our country in such a bad spot. And then friends, let's never forget that you have Supreme Court justices who have decided cases based on their own politics and ideology and religion. They revoked women's constitutionally protected privacy rights, the rights to bodily autonomy, the right to make their own reproductive decisions. We have Supreme Court justices who have relegated women to second-class status in the United States of America, and they were able to do it because they misled everybody at their confirmation hearings. They told senators, and by extension, they told the American people that the case of Roe versus Wade, that Supreme Court decision protecting a woman's right to choose, oh, that settled law, that starry decisis, that's been reaffirmed several times over. That precedent is entitled to respect. The message they conveyed in their confirmation hearing testimony was loud and clear. Roe v. Wade's continued existence has nothing to fear from me if confirmed. And then friends, once they were confirmed, they found a way to walk that precedent, Roe v. Wade, deep into the woods and shoot it dead. We have a crisis at the Supreme Court. But we also have a solution. You see, we have these two other co-equal branches of government. That would be the executive branch and the legislative branch. They have the tools necessary to deal with corrupt and criminal federal judges. They can open impeachment inquiries to try to hold accountable corrupt and criminal federal judges. The executive branch, the Department of Justice, they have the ability to conduct these things called investigations into Clarence Thomas's violation of financial disclosure laws. They have the ability to conduct investigations into whether judges like Kavanaugh and Alito and Gorsuch and Coney Barrett and others may have lied during their confirmation hearings, intentionally misled senators in their testimony. And if they did, they could well be prosecuted 
for committing perjury, or more precisely, making a false statement in violation of 18 United States Code, Section 1001. And they could be impeached by the legislative branch. You see, there are these two other co-equal branches of government with tools at their disposal, tools that thus far they've been unwilling to remove from their toolbox and use. You know, if you got a hammer and you see a nail hanging loose, pick up the damn hammer and use it. A screw popped out, you got a screwdriver in that toolbox, use it. DOJ, you've got the ability to investigate corrupt and criminal judges. Legislative branch, you've got the ability to conduct hearings, impeachment inquiries into corrupt and criminal judges. Use the damn tools you have available. Stand up and fight for us, please. Because justice matters. All right, friends. As always, thank you for tuning in to these weekly long-form audio podcasts. If you want to find me elsewhere, you can find me on YouTube, my YouTube channel, Justice Matters, where I post a legal analysis video every day, seven days a week. If you would like to more formally support our all-volunteer efforts here at Justice Matters, you can go over to patreon.com. You can sign up to become a patron. And if you do, I'll send you some Team Justice and Justice Matters stickers and a personal handwritten note of thanks. You can also find me on other platforms, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. On those platforms, I'm Glenn Kirshner 2, the number two. And finally, if you get a chance and you're interested in true crime documentaries, you can find a documentary that was done about one of my most confounding cases as a career prosecutor. The name of the documentary is Who Killed Robert Wan? You can find it on Peacock Streaming. It's a two-part documentary. And if anybody has any information about who killed Robert Wan, we would certainly love to hear from you. There is a tip line to the police department in Washington, D.C. that is embedded in the documentary. So if there's anything you can provide by way of relevant information, we would love to hear from you. And friends, as always, please stay safe. Please stay tuned. And I look forward to talking with you all again soon.